0: Well, Merry Christmas from me as well. Um, God bless you here and at home. And I'm going to just give a sermon on Mary. Uh, probably going to be the least watched video ever by the audience. But it's a shame if it's ignored. So we've called it the Theotokos, and I'm going to explain what that means. But first, I did a, I've been researching the most famous women of all time. Um, Diane, you were top of the list on many of them in the internet searches I did. But um, the top 10 most famous women of all time, who might they be? Have a think. I tell you who came up a lot Jane Austen, um, Florence Nightingale, Emmeline Pankhurst, Marie Curie, Coco Chanel, um, Mother Teresa, Rosa Parks. Yeah. um, But only on one list in my research was the Virgin Mary, the Mother. Of God. Um, She should be on our list, and I hope at the end of this, my little bit here, she will be. Mary is known by most churches in the East as Theotokos. That's That's a fancy name for Mary. Well, it means God bearer. So when she was pregnant, she was carrying God. So that's what that word means there. And it's important because they called her that in the 5th century in Turkey. All Christians got together, leaders, and said, Mary is the Theotokos, because there was another group coming who were Christians as well. But they were saying, no, Mary just carried Christ. And the problem with that is, it's sort of shortchanging Jesus a bit, in that He's much more than Christ. And if she just was carrying Christ people will start wondering then, oh, well, was He really divine? Or was He just like a supercharged hero version of a human? So, stamped in authority from the 5th century forevermore, Mary is called the Theotokos, the God-bearer. And my part here is to explain why that's crucially important and life-changing that we fully appreciate who Mary is. Because... She's tragically unappreciated in our sort of Protestant churches. We've overreacted from some wings and churches. Overreaction of who she is. We've overreacted from that. And she doesn't get the limelight she deserves. And it's life-changing for us this morning if we fully grasp how blessed Mary is. In Luke chapter 1, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among Rosa Parks, Florence Nightingale, Coco Chanel. That's essentially what that verse means. You need to be in that list, says the Word of God, because you're blessed among them. And again in verse 48, For behold, henceforth all generations will call you blessed. Blessed. And we don't do enough of that at the moment in our circles and on these lists that I looked at, famous women. So my aim now is to explain four little ways why she's blessed. And if we grasp it, we should appreciate the Lord Jesus more. That's why Mary's blessed, to get our attentions onto Him. So here's the first one why we should get into Mary this morning in the right way, with the correct balance, is... She shared her DNA with the God that we're worshipping this morning. Now that's incredible. and It will change us. It should do anyway. Uh, the greatest human, the God-man who ever lived, shared his DNA with Mary. Now, I'm told by teachers that the worst parents to deal with on parents' evening day are the ones who think they've given birth to God. And they're an absolute nightmare when they come to face up the facts that their kid isn't... He is a bit naughty actually. And they can be a complete disaster. Especially when the teacher gently has to remind them that their child actually resembles the arch nemesis of God more than he does of God. Like, there's no fault in my child. Don't you dare ever tell me. They're a product of me. And I'm faultless. And apparently that's a bad parents' evening for teachers. Well, actually though, it did happen once that someone gave birth to God. And Mary would have been a delight in parents' evening. um, But she literally gave birth to the living God. And she knew him more closely than anyone else. Even Joseph couldn't get in as close as Mary, who shared her DNA with him. Formed in the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, in Mary. God is grounded in Mary's DNA. So don't be one of those Christians that are so floaty and spiritual up in the sky. You're just a nightmare human to be around. That's not going to impact the world around us. So that was it. She shares the DNA with God. Here's another one. And this is my favorite one, but this might sink for some of you. But it's my special interest. She's the closest thing to the Old Testament Ark of the Covenant that we've got in the New Testament. Let me explain. Because I love the Old Testament, but I appreciate not everybody does. The Ark of the Covenant was this big box in the ancient church behind basically a curtain there. And there was a throne on it. And the Lord God would sit on it. Okay? And basically, that was Jesus before He was born, acting out the role of the Father. Moses writes about it all the time. But, I've got a Christmas quiz to try and link it to Mary. I think, it, I think there's a link, and it's important. Here's Luke chapter 1, 43. And I'm also going to read 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 9. And your, the quizzes <coughs> spot the similarity. Old Testament passage, 2 Samuel 6, 9. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how can the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Lord ever come to me? Because David was not willing to take the Ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he basically let somebody else have it for three months. And the Lord blessed that person where the Ark went and his entire household was blessed where the ark lived for three months. Luke: 142. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, "This is Elizabeth speaking to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the, lo- the mother of the, my Lord should come to me and bless me? What's the link? Basically, the phraseology is exactly the same. And I'm going to explain why it's important now. Elizabeth uses the same form of language when Mary visits her as David used when the Ark of the Covenant visited him. And the pillar of fire used to overshadow the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament church, signalling the presence of the Lord was there and Luke 1.35, and the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. So what? Alright, I'll answer that. The Scriptures this morning, to everyone listening, wondering what's going on, the Scriptures are inviting us to appreciate that the very same Lord of the Old Testament the master of the universe who lived in the ancient church and blessed people, and people flocked there to be blessed, was now becoming flesh inside Mary, tabernacling with her. She carried him. And everybody flocked to this woman overshadowed by the power of the Spirit. And we flock to that baby this morning to be saved and blessed. The point is this. We all need to be noted in this part of Cardiff and in our lives for this truth. Here's 1 Peter 3. Christ suffered once for sins. The righteous for the unrighteous. To bring us to God. The point of Christianity and Jesus and being blessed is that people like us are brought to know God and have His presence in our lives. Every single one of us. And Mary had the presence of God and people flocked. And in the Old Testament church, people flocked to be blessed. And our early church fathers were called... Christians, because they had an obvious connection to Christ. They knew and loved the baby, the King Jesus, and they were blessed. And Park End needs to be overshadowed with the Spirit, like the ancient church and Mary was. And the only way any of us are going to be truly Spirit filled is to have that same connection this day with Jesus. At Christmas time, more than we connect to the Xbox and the PlayStation 5 and all of that stuff. And what Diane said in her talk about those other nice things. To be spirit-filled people like Mary is to be intimately connected to the Lord Jesus Christ. I got another quick one. Why is Mary so blessed? Here's one that's so needed in this day. She was so humble and people need humble people more than ever because there's so many proud pompous horrible people in fact I'm one of them and what do we do if we've got those problems we need to look to mary and how she was so humble let me give a word of warning to people tuning in covid-19 is not the world's biggest threat to be avoided today it's not According to the Bible, our greatest threat is by far our proud, sinful hearts and godless lifestyles. That needs to be addressed. In Matthew 10 it says this, Don't be afraid of those who kill the body, or even COVID, but be afraid of who can kill the soul and judge it and send it to hell. Do not be caught up in fears of COVID to an excessive level or so busy at Christmas. All of that is part of a perishing, passing age. Be, excuse me, fearful and in awe of this baby, King Jesus. Be humble and forgiven like she was. I love this. Elizabeth gets so hyped in Mary's presence. And is she like, yes, I'm so glorious. Yep. No. listen to what, the moment Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, she prophesied, blessed are you, Mary, among women, and blessed is the child. And she says, why am I so favored? And she says, um, later, he has regarded the humble state of his servant. And she bursts into song. Now, I like Ed Sheeran. He's a talented musician. But I tell you what he needs to stop doing. Singing about himself. He needs to get over himself and sing about Jesus like Mary did. Because no other name lasts forever other than Jesus. And she begins to magnify the Lord. Now, when my boys... Win at a game at home. I'm teaching them to say well done to the opponent and be humble. And if they're good at something and talented, we teach our Christian children to say give glory to Jesus for all of the talents and gifts in your, in your life. That is what Mary does. She magnifies Jesus. She steers people away from a self-centered world view. He's regarded and saved and bothered with me? I rejoice in God, my Savior. How do you get humble as we sort of wrap up? Well, everybody listening needs to be saved and be humble in the presence of this king, like Mary was humble. How do we get there? Nobody stands in the presence of the Grand Canyon and says, wow, aren't I, aren't I amazing? They don't, do they? No one stands in some some giant structure and says, wow, I am amazing. And Mary wasn't bragging either. Why? Because she was about to give birth to the servant king who was wrapped in swaddling clothes but had literally just stepped out of heaven and glory And millions upon millions of angels praising the triune God. And now he's basically in a feeding trough. Why? So that everybody like us can approach the living God and not feel he's above me. He's towering over me. He's got no time for me at all. And Mary lived in his presence. And that's what church is called to do. To finish... I got my, now. it's my second favorite one. The world needs this. Why is Mary blessed? She was a woman who loved Jesus to her dying breath. And there's no better life. Turn from sin and death and decay this morning to the living God. Let Jesus carry that stuff for you. Let Him die on your behalf and rise again for you. And love Him to your dying breath. I got something cool to close. Church has preserved a letter written by Mary, and um, I got a copy of it. It's not the original, but it's handed down to us, so pretty accurate. It's a letter. It's a letter not in the Bible, written by Mary to a man called Ignatius. Ignatius was the bishop of Antioch in the first century. I'm going to start with his letter to her. So she write, he's writing, and note how starstruck and in awe he is of her. Uh, it's basically because she's the mother of the person Ignatius described as the master of the universe. Here's Ignatius to Mary. I should have got Tony to read it because his reading is amazing. Right, sorry, it's me. It would be good if you could comfort and encourage me, Mary, because I am a new Christian and a disciple of the Apostle John. I have heard such wonderful things about your son Jesus, and I am astonished at these reports. Yet, I desire with my whole heart to get more information about these things that I have heard from you because you were always so close to him and you knew all his secrets." I have also written to you, at another time, asking the same things. Come on, Mary. Reply. I added that bit. I hope you are well, and let all the new Christians with me be comforted from you, and by you, and in you, amen. Now, he's excited, and it's bubbling over And he's sort of stepping into the territory that only Jesus can give. Bless me. Bless us. We need strength. And note Mary's reply. And who does she fix his attention upon? From Mary to Ignatius. The lowly handmaid of Christ Jesus to Ignatius, her beloved fellow disciple. Everything you have heard and learned from John about Jesus are true. Believe these truths and cling to them. Hold firm to the way of Christ that you have embraced and make sure that your life conforms to His way. John and I will come to visit you and your friends together with others that are with me. Stand firm in the faith and show yourself a man. Don't let the ferocity of suffering and persecution move you. Instead, let your your spirit be strong and rejoice in the Lord God, your Savior. Amen. And the point there, ladies and gentlemen, this morning is on Mary's heart for Park End, is that we would all be people of her baby, the Master of the Universe, the Lord Jesus Christ, this day and forevermore, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are going to stand and uh, invertedly sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Thank you.